Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I am Sean. And uh, Sean, you're you're the man this week. I'm going to let you roll into this. I'm, uh, I'm sick and tired of this business. Oh, the fact that I found a few articles. Um, But first, I have a story of how we met and how we almost didn't become friends. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you're going to enjoy this. So Ricky and I uh, first met when I got a job at Taco Bell. And Ricky here was a shift manager, and I was the lowly new guy. And little did I know that <clears throat> my friend across from me here is a very much stickler for the rules. And uh, yeah, I... Yes, and I, I was an actual manager, the guy that realized, oh, if I do a good job, I get paid. Yes, I was that guy. He was. He was a very good manager. Well, it even caused me at one point... Because I was going to high school with the other shift manager at the time, and I requested to only work his shifts and not Ricky's, because I didn't want to work with him. <laughs> oh man, I remember writing out the request. Wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! You can't, you can't skip this part because, I, and and I quote, because Ricky was an ass. Yes, dear William, I need to work. Only with Jason, because Ricky is an ass. <laughs> oh, I put you. that request in. Thank you. Well, it's only because, you know, you wouldn't let me swipe food, man. Everybody else just lets you swipe food, and that's, that's the perks of being a teenager in a fast food restaurant. I'm sure it happens today, this very moment. There's somebody with a partially eaten soft-shell taco in a steamer right now or or a, a seven layer pizza oh god or a seven layer pizza that might weigh a couple of pounds just cuz you want to see how big can you build a mexican pizza there are questions that need to be answered people but moving on to actual news <clears throat> Luke Cage let's just jump right into it i finished i've been to watch the first 3 or 4 and then i went all the way through 4 through 12 in one single setting. And then the next day, yeah, and then the next day I watched the finale. I, I'm impressed, dude. I can see where people, I've read on forums a couple places, that there's some slow parts. And I can understand that. But wh what's your take on it? I mean, before obviously we want to keep this not spoiler-filled, but our honest thoughts about the series, what, what are your take on it? Um, it is, okay, like Daredevil, Harlem, just like Hell's Kitchen, is a character in this series. The, the people that have designed these Netflix series for Marvel have taken such care in crafting these stories that they, they just breathe life into the locations, the characters, and I know it sounds like I'm fanboying out, but... Ah, it's just so you're in, you're there you're in the story yeah. you're in with the characters you're you're listening to what they're saying and what what they're saying behind the words they're saying you're trying to figure out people you're anticipating the next move you are there with those characters and I, I've got to say you know I've it's not better than Daredevil it is better than Jessica Jones there are slow parts but just it is is amazing. I mean, he 
I, I can't say he brings the character of Luke Cage off from the page to the screen. I never read Luke Cage that much. I do know the character. I've and I understand, you know, the, the character went through a, a watershed moment when it went from the old 70s character to the Marvel Knights character, who he is today with Jessica Jones and, and a child and, and those stories that carry forward, which I haven't read any of those. I haven't even read Alias, but I, I do know the story. It is really, of course, people come and people go in the series. We're not going to spoil anything, but there's a couple of moments where you really feel the a character leaving and even some you don't expect like I, yeah. I haven't finished the series yet and there is one character in particular who yeah, about well, more than midway through the series leaves and I was uh, awestruck and kind of oh. kind of sad to see that character not continue I was I know uh, I know what I know what character you're talking about uh, and it's that one really took me by surprise yeah um, I like how this show the the intro to Luke Cage is my favorite of all the Marvel Netflix intros. I've uh, went back over the past couple of days, last night in fact, and I watched an episode of Daredevil, and I watched another episode of Jessica Jones, uh, the one with Luke Cage in it. And after seeing all the intros back to back to back, uh, Luke Cage blows it away. I for some reason when it kicks on. I almost think that the the film at some points in time have a uh, you know like an Instagram feel to it. Mm-hmm. It it feels like a 1970s show set in modern times. Yeah, it there's has a, a very old school feel to it. Yeah, and I was thinking about that earlier today. There was um, not about Luke Cage in particular. I was watching another old movie, but it, it did make me think of how the people making Luke Cage took elements from how 70s filmmaking was the the quick cuts the zoom in to the face the there's there's several things that just give you a hint of of some nostalgia for something you you didn't know you missed i mean like if you go back and just watch any 70s movie any uh of the black exploitation films of the time and that kind of thing I'm not saying those are all great films, but there's a lot of elements there that you feel in Luke Cage. And uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. Luke Cage is definitely one of my favorites. It's above Jessica Jones. I'll agree with you on that. Um, Honestly believe it's opening season. You want to put it up there equal to Daredevil season one. Daredevil season two is by far my favorite of what we've been able to see from Netflix. Hold on now. You you think season two is better than season one? Of Daredevil? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I, I, really? I'm, I'm the other way around. I think that season one it isn't head and shoulders, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, it's just it, it's as John good. It's that seals it for me. That is the Punisher I've wanted to see on screen since I first read the Punisher. I've always wanted to see John Barenthal play the Punisher, I guess, because he is the quintessential Punisher for me. Like, you know, but yeah, I think two is better than one. I go, uh, you know, season two, Daredevil, season one, Daredevil, season one of uh, Luke Cage are a tie. Okay, I, I can see that. Season two of Daredevil is right up, th- I mean, like, right up there. I mean, number one, just because... 
I don't not nostalgia because it's it's too new, but it's like Daredevil season one was the start of the TV Netflix thing, kicked it off, and man, it just it kicked the door open and had a hallway fight for two minutes in your face. And season two did a great thing and did not try to recapture that. It just told season two story and it, it did it well. And the Punisher was great. And uh, I have to admit, I may have said this before, but the Punisher is a character I've never really cared for because I've never been able to wrap my head around the character. Uh, not that I, not that I'm not intelligent enough to know the character, but the character has never been story wise to me, somebody I could really wrap my head around. Uh, the movies that have come out, you know, were subpar. The Thomas Jane one was okay. But John Barenthal, as the Punisher, as the story was told, as the rooftop, you know, back and forth, is just a, a beautiful thing to watch. And, man, but we're talking Luke Cage. <laughs> we're talking Luke Cage. Why are we yeah. off of Luke Cage? Yeah. Because they're all so good. Um, Netflix has really just hits the ball out of the park. They They have some real... People that that really care at, at Netflix with all their story writing, with all their original series, they have just never really laid a bad egg so far. And you know, I, I'm sure there's bound to be a few that have slipped through that I haven't caught. Like I know there was a Netflix original Inspector Gadget that was crap, but with the ones that are their flagships. They put so much time and effort into them that it's incredible. And Luke Cage is up there and does not disappoint. I I loved the entire show. You know, there, there is a lull about episode 8 that goes through episode 10, where 8, 9, and 10 are a little slow because of a certain occurrence in the series. It does feel... Would it be an injection of sorts, what you're referring to? Yes, Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Injection of sorts. Yes. The I'll tell you this. My favorite character out of Luke Cage, Theo Rossi playing Shades. Flat out incredible. Shades is one of my favorite Marvel bad guys. I right was going now. to I was going to say something about that earlier. I did not want to get out of this conversation without saying how much I like Shades because. I, I don't know. There's the, there's something about that actor and the way he portrayed that character on screen. He's just I was kind of I almost forgot he's a bad guy. I really enjoyed him on screen. You, you need to watch Sons of Anarchy, man. He plays a character called Juice in Sons of Anarchy, and he is well. He he was one of our favorite characters. I mean, Theo Rossi. This just brought him to a whole new level. Well, this uh, this is the first thing I've seen him in, and and oh. I like him enough that I may just watch Sons of Anarchy just on that re recommendation. Well, the fact that you get Theo Rossi and Charlie Hunnam, man, I mean, they're both there, so it, it's incredible. You you won't be disappointed with Sons of Anarchy, right? And uh, of course, what's missing from the conversation is, of course, um, Luke Cage being a story told, you know, in Harlem. Uh, all the characters are of color. Uh, we do not have that between us. And I, if there's any listener out there who, you know, can give us that perspective, please send us a message, send us an email, uh, and give us your opinion. Because, you know, 
That's that's what we're needing here. We're, we're uh, just a couple of comic nerds. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's more out there, so let's hear it. All right. So let's move on to the next topic. We got a poster, some screenshots of Wolverine's claws and uh, a small hand touching his hand. Uh, <laughs> and did, we, and we, <laughs> before, but, did, did you see Ryan Reynolds post to that picture? I did not. What did he say? Okay, so you see the the Logan poster. It's it's Wolverine's hand with yeah. the claws out, holding a child's hand, and then Ryan Riddle, yeah, and then Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool has a picture of him leaning on Grandma with the little yeah, hands, and that's little... my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Oh my goodness! I love Ryan Reynolds and his banter with uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Hugh Jackman, Jackman. yes, Deadpool, Deadpool two. It'll be awesome. So I'm at the belief that we are getting Old Man Logan's story. Do you feel that same way? Well, they've they've come out and said it's going to be based in in part of Old Man Logan. Of course, there's a whole ton of characters they cannot use whatsoever from that story. The 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 Hulks in that. All, all mess and nope. Captain all America, Hawkeye, you know, America. all that. Ghost Rider. You know, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't say because I haven't read the story. I, I can, I can throw out an opinion, of course. You've, but you haven't read Old Man Logan? No, I have not read. Old I Man have Logan. one that you don't. I finally. Oh my word! This, this is a moment in time. Write that right down. Now. Write that down. I read a comic. <laughs> That Ricky hasn't. There we go. But uh, I'm I'm excited to see it. They've released a picture of Sir Patrick Stewart, and he boy he looks old in that. Oof. Well, I mean this is 50 years post the end of the X Men. I believe the story is where it takes place. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously we can't follow the story like you said. The Hawkeye. Hawkeye is the one of the main characters in the whole story. We can't use Hawkeye, so that's out. It's just a lot. Once again, Brian Singer with his—I mean—is this going to be a Brian Singer movie? Do we know? I mean, I'm sure. No, we it's it's James Marigold, the guy that directed uh, the Wolverine, the last movie, the the just, the one that was okay. Yeah, I'm just saying that's a lot to put on your plate. Look, Marvel, Fox edition right that's what it is it's the marvel from fox they're the ones doing this right yes okay they always strive for greatness and fall flat on their face well now the 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 last three x-men movies have been like first class was good was really good First class was really good. days of future past days of future past was good and I, i will explain this because days of future past is one of my favorite all-time stories in comics. Oh, absolutely. And I'm they and they went to tackle it in a movie and I was like, "Oh, no, 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 no." Watched the movie and I, I walked away going, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that." I mean, there's a lot of things that I wanted to see that of course could not could not be done or don't make sense in in a live action kind of way, but I, I enjoyed the movie, so I mean... It wasn't it, bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And the third one, which I do own now, I just bought, and I have watched. And okay. it, it, it was okay. The The opening was kind of breathtaking. Um, now, the middle of the movie was kind of... Mm, I don't know. Right. But anyway, 
And then the last 15 minutes is awesome. But I just really think this uh, the pulling for anything from Old Man Logan is really overstepping some boundaries that you're not going to be able to cross correctly. I don't know. I don't know why you would try to tackle it. Right. It seems but, difficult. But... Uh, moving on, we've gotten some trailers since our last podcast, and I wanted to go ahead and you you put this in there, but I wanted to mention I watched the Power Rangers trailer right uh, today, and I have to say it did not look bad. Uh, I you know seeing I, I watched the Power Rangers. I was I was too old to be a kid to enjoy the Power Rangers, but I understood the concept. I liked Voltron when I was a kid. You know I watched the Power Rangers a little bit, and then went, okay, I know what this is, and moved on with my life and blah, blah, blah. Later on, I was listening to something else, and one of the original Power Rangers was in it. I, I was like, wait a minute, Power Rangers have a mythology? <laughs> so, uh, and I didn't, I didn't know that, but this new trailer it uh, is very... Breakfast Club meets uh, Iron Man, kind of. Um, I could go that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm willing to give this movie a shot because it doesn't look just kiddied up Power Rangers like if you've ever watched Power Rangers. It's a different tone than that and a different style of storytelling. So It looks great, man. And, and you know, all these trailers are coming out of New York City Comic Con, which is someplace I would just love to go someday. That, that would just be a dream to be able to hit a, a giant con like New York City Comic Con or, or Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City's become the second biggest. Oh, wow. Well, that one would be easy because if I could ever get out there, I'm sure uh, I could hook us up with a place to stay for a night or two. Nice. With a, with a couch to sleep on. I spent enough years there. I know enough people. We also got Underworld Blood Wars trailer. I did not see this. Okay. Look, I like Underworld. I've seen all of them. I think. I've o- I've only seen the first one. I really enjoyed the first movie, but I haven't seen any of the others. Okay, well, I've seen all the others, and it's always it just feels like the same story. This uh, vampire mean, needs this vampire. Some somebody's betraying somebody, and they need somebody's blood. You mean Damn. is it is it kind of like the Resident Evil movies? Kind of the same movie told again. Well, that's that's obviously one of our other trailers. Is the Resident <laughs> Evil? Both these movies, both of them. I believe this is the final of both of them. And there's no telling. I honestly believe this is like the sixth Resident Evil movie. And this is probably the fifth Underworld movie. I don't know. I really can't keep track. And I I'm, don't quote me on either one of those numbers. But they are the same thing. They just keep dragging on and on. And yet I watch their trailers and I'm like, that actually looks pretty good. I might watch that. And I've always, I watch it and then I regret it. And I'm like, oh. That yeah, it's misled me so bad. Those movies are kind of kind of got the saw problem going on. I mean, how many saws are there? Who knows? I mean, the guy with the mask on the tricycles there, right? Okay, yeah, it's a saw movie. I mean, it's I I don't know, but of course I haven't watched them. But I and but you have. But I don't know if you can get away with telling that same story. So it's kind of what you run into with the Walking Dead at some points is. Stop, we're good. Oh, wait, they're zombies. Move on. Oh, we got to move. Stop. Oh, we're good. We're safe. You know, ugh. Yeah, and that's the way these Underworld and Resident Evil trailers feel to me. Uh, I watched both of them, and I honestly felt the same way. I was like, huh, I might actually watch Resident Evil Final Chapter. Huh, I might actually watch Underworld Blood Wars. 
it, but they have that same feel, and I just feel that if I watch them, I'm going to be disappointed. You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> it looks like we're circling back around to Marvel, Netflix, and The Punisher again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was just a quick little thing. Uh, I don't remember the actress's name. Uh, Karen Page from Daredevil series was seen on The Punisher set. So, obviously, we're going to have some crossover there uh, during The Punisher series. And, and, you know, I like the rapport they built between Karen and The Punisher during Season 2. She does the same thing in uh, Season 1. No, it is Season 2, where she also has the rapport with, you know, Grotto. She likes to really personalize each of their clients, it feels. And, you know, obviously it's okay for them to push her over into a crossover because they did build this, I don't know what kind of relationship between her and the Punisher. It really didn't feel like there was chemistry between them, but there was something there. Right, she had empathy for him, and he he felt... A closeness to her, so, I mean, yeah, it's good storytelling. I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of movies. Uh, Being Halloween, we've started on our annual trek of counting down till Halloween with uh, movie nights, so me and and my son have watched, so far, The Addams Family. Man, that movie holds up and is enjoyable. We're talking about the first one. The first one, absolutely. Not Addams Family Values, the, The Addams Family. Family Values is still just as good. <laughs> Raul Julia is just yeah. the perfect casting for Gomez, Gomez Adams. And yeah. Christopher Lloyd is hilarious as Fester. The best. <sighs> I mean, that movie is just... Because if if you don't know, if you've never watched Adams Family, I mean, I mean, I know you'll know that name, but it's kind of a backwards, like bizarro people living in the real world. Like everything is... Uh, uh, pain is pleasure and like black is white and we stole the stop sign and cars crash oh that's hilarious oh all oh, the kids are trying to kill each other with knives and stuff oh they're just kids you know and uh but the the comedy in it is so smart like the one thing that sticks with me and he's like how could you forget the combination 2 10 11 eyes fingers toes that's funny and it's just, uh, you know, one thing after the other. And it, it's it's a really enjoyable movie. It just keeps you laughing the whole time. And, of course, it's it's that same kind of style like Tim Burton revels in this style. Uh, I know it's kind of gothic. You know, the house, of course, is, is gothic design. And, you know, they're kind of in muted black and white colors. And uh, everything's really creepy but really funny. Ugh. I, I really do enjoy that. and Yeah, man, that's a... What do you think about oh, The Addams Family? What you watch today? Oh, dude, well, I, I love The Addams Family, and uh, it's a great series. I love the whole show, like everything about it. I love the old TV show, even. The old TV show holds up. I, I love the... I'll even find myself watching the black and white. The humor has always been steady nearly through all of it. It, it does get a little slapsticky, but I'm a guy, so I like slapstick comedy. And uh, I don't know. I, I find it all enjoyable. You know? Yeah, and what of else course, did you watch today? Um, well, John John Aston. Yeah, John Aston played Gomez on the TV series, uh, the stepfather of um, uh, Sean Aston. Oh, okay. Uh, Frodo awesome. or no, yes. Samwise. Samwise. Um, Samwise. And Goodies. I also found out because the guys on FilmSack were talking about this. 
I did not know Adam's Family was based on a comic in the New Yorker drawn by a guy named Charles Adams. There's actually artwork that inspired the Adams Family. And I, awesome. I was looking up some of that today. If you have some time, look up Charles Adams, uh, artist, and look at these old designs for the Adams Family. And it's really, really great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to start looking at some of that stuff. Um, also on the Halloween list today, we watched a, a very old movie. Um, I got... Walmart has a special... I, you can probably get them anywhere, but they have a section of Halloween movies at this time of year like the old classic universal monsters uh the mummy invisible man dracula frankenstein and the creature from the black lagoon this kind of movie makes me think of a time when i was a child watching channel 16 they would show old movies old tv shows that are filmed like this i mean um Creature from Black lagoon is a movie from 1954 it's not a modern storytelling type film type acting type it, but it does bring me back to those movies I watched as a kid that, that were, of course, from that time. And the new restored versions on Blu-ray are absolutely stunning. It is unbelievable how, like, the some of the shots in the movie were just absolutely beautiful. And of course, this is in black and white, but it's clear, like That's it awesome. was, like it was filmed. I've never, yeah, man, um, I've just never really watched. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I guess, and gave it an honest shot. I found myself watching, you know, I'll go to watch an older movie. Like, I need to watch this for nostalgia's sake. And I'll get into something like that and totally lose interest. I don't know. Uh, I find myself spoiled by modern technology, and sometimes it's tough for me to go back. Right, yeah, and I, that's what I'm talking about also. I mean, it is a guy in a rubber suit, and it isn't the the greatest story in the world. It's not really that scary, but it also shows, like I was saying, the the movie is an old movie, but there's really some beautiful film things in there. there it's not just actors on a stage it's actually in like a swamp in in a, on a lake beautiful sweeping shots of of outdoor scenes and you know it just really surprised me that a movie in 1954 held up that beautifully also really showed the difference in in actors between uh, now and and then i really do suggest that sometimes people people take a critical eye and look at that kind of thing especially with these kind of movies because uh, you just see like the actors of the time were really beautiful stern-faced you know handsome and and the the actress in the movie is an absolutely gorgeous woman uh for night i mean 1954 classic i mean she would stand up today to an actress um i was really surprised and the men of course were very, very handsome, but uh, but there wasn't a body thing with them. I mean, they were normal, normal guy, healthy guys. Don't get me wrong. I mean, They're they weren't they people. weren't yeah. they weren't fat. Uh, they were you know, but they were the guys you went to school with. You know, those kind of healthy guys. They weren't like roided out. You know, they weren't some uh, who uh, Zac Efron looking. You know, guys. But that's how that's how Hollywood yeah. was back then, and, and times have changed. But anyway. It's a really unique perspective, and I enjoyed watching the movie. I'm going to watch, uh, like, Dracula and the Invisible Man Frankenstein at, at some point this month. So That's awesome. Well, man, I haven't been watching any movies, but I have been reading some comics. 
And I have to tell you about a series that uh, my friend that I met on uh, the Comic Trips uh, support page, and he introduced me to the Rough Riders. Have you heard of this? Um, I know about Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. Is that related to that? It kind of is, but let me let me tell you. So uh, it's done by Aftershock Comics. The writing is done by Adam Glass. The art, Patrick Olafay. It is just amazing writing. What I I'm only one in. I say I picked up all five that are out right now. I've read one. the The basis of it is Teddy Roosevelt puts together a team of Annie Oakley, Harry Houdini, Thomas Edison, and Jack Johnson to perform uh, a secret op- or to form a secret operations group to help the US government stop an alien something another invasion or something like that. I'm not like I said, I've only read one so far and it is awesome. Um now this sounds a lot. The fact that basically this sounds a lot like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a group of uh, contemporaries come together for uh, a common goal. Yeah, it really is. And in the first issue, right, he's just recruiting Jack Johnson at the time, who is a world champion boxer that is a newly freed slave, I believe, or he was the first generation past being a slave. Anyway, he. He's really awesome in the ring. You get to see his brutality as he fights in the ring in the comic. It, it's just really awesome. The series is just, the art in it is gorgeous. Uh, I've looked through all five, and I cannot wait to read ahead and get a little farther. I should have some time tonight to catch up, so maybe the next uh, episode I'll have even more on that. But I am just wanted to say that Rough Riders, written by Adam Glass, Aftershock Comics, has been awesome so far. Let's see, have I done any other comic stuff? Well, I just want to know, please tell me that at some point Nikola Tesla shows up and gets into a fight with Edison. I sure hope so. That would be awesome. Edison in in fight fisticuffs. Maybe he'll bring along some AC power and, like, burn him. Okay, all right, man. Like I said, uh, haven't really done much other comic stuff. So from that, we can jump right into Have You Seen It?, and I'm going to switch things up for a bit. I'm going to do a TV series. And the TV series I have chosen for Have You Seen It This Week is Freaks and Geeks. It's uh, uh, 1999, Judd Apatow and Paul Feig, two, two people that have been discussed on this show for other reasons. But this time they, they hit the ball out of the park with this one and... Freaks and Geeks was just an incredible show set in, I believe, the early 80s. And the cast that he assembled was Avenger-like, you would say, with the people that stuck with this movie. Um, It was only one season, and it deserved many more. But it had James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Segel, Busy Phillips, John Francis Daly, and Martin Starr. Just an awesome show. I actually have seen the first two or three episodes of this. I did enjoy it. I just not have not got a chance to come back to it. Uh, and, man, I can't believe how many people came out of that that are just so good. Franco, Rogan, Siegel, uh, just, just great. Uh, my Have You Seen It is actually something that 
you introduced to me, with your love of Quentin Tarantino, I was introduced to From Dusk Till Dawn. I love this movie. Yeah, dude. Death Till Dawn, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, dude, it's just so incredible. Uh, Juliette Lewis is super young. Selma Hayek is at her peak of hotness, I would say. It's a great, great vampire movie in an amazing Rodriguez, Tarantino style. Just, oh, it's an awesome movie. Yeah, and it's, uh, if you have not seen it, it's got a unique way it's filmed and and done. The story that's told at the first is not the story in the middle and not where the story ends up at the last. And it's just something you kind of need to watch. And if you're if you're unnerved by changes in story beat, uh, like you're suddenly watching another movie at, at one point, I, I don't know if it's for you. But of course, it's it's Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. They that this is kind of their thing, especially with like the Grindhouse movies. And other things they've worked together on. Um, some of it's more seamless than this, but the acting in the movie is, is just great. George Clooney is just chewing scenery left and right. Quentin Tarantino and his foot fetish is great. Uh, there's crotch guns. There's vampires. There, uh, there's sex machine, which is not a sexual reference. Uh, I just <laughs> this movie is so great. You just got to see it. I mean, I, I totally love that movie, and uh, I, I've wanted to. The TV series, uh, I've tried a couple of times, never made it more than a couple episodes in. I know I probably need to give it another try and see how far I can go because I know it just got renewed for like a third season or so, so I really need to check that out. Okay, and our last part is, of course, don't see it. Do not see these movies. My recommendation, even though it's Halloween, the movie is Halloween, but it's Halloween 3. Do not see Halloween 3. I am a mythology guy, and for some reason, the creators of Halloween and the suits at whatever studio decided after the second movie to go, hey, let's make a movie every year, and it'll be an anthology. We'll tell different stories on Halloween every year, which, of course, they didn't bother to tell the people that had already seen the first two movies, which were connected story-wise, which both had Michael Myers, that the third movie was not going to feature Michael Myers at all and not be related to all. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch is a horrible movie and gets a song stuck in your head that you will never, ever, ever get rid of. I don't believe I've seen Halloween 3. Uh, and and I'm kind of glad I haven't. I I don't even know what song you're talking about, and it sounds quite horrible. I, I guess I've never seen it. Three more days it is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Three more days it is Halloween. Silver shamrock shoot me in the head. That that's horrible. <laughs> I I want to shoot you in the head for singing that to me. Why would you sing that to me? That's horrible. Oh. <laughs> Dude, well, I get. I guarantee you, you're having you seen it or don't see it. Could be bad, but do you think it's as bad as 1994's Street Fighter? Wow, I'm I'm seriously glad you brought this up because unfortunately, this was Raul Julia uh, Gomez Adams' last movie. 
I know. I always think it's horrible because he was so awesome as Gomez Adams. I had no idea you were going to bring out the Adams family today. I had this down on our don't see it before you typed up the other notes. And it's just funny that this is the this is the movie that Raul Julia ends his career on is playing M. Bison, which is uh, a leader of a terrorist organization that takes over a bus, uh, uh, I think it's a bus of hostages or something. And then Guile uh, is the leader, has put together this group or team or whatever t- to go get the hostages back. And, you know, he picks up people along the way Ryu, Ken, Chun Li. Uh, they run into, oh, E Honda. And do we get to meet? Trying to think of who all we get to meet. Us Japanese guys got to stick together. Cause we're brothers. Oh, oh my goodness, dude. That's horrible. I, I, I just, th- this movie is just terrible. You know, I mean, we loved the game. I loved the game. I always thought there was cool story to the game. You, you played along with a story each time. It told you, you know, who you were and who you were going to fight and what you were trying to get to. And, you know, there was these little stories in between the fights of the the video game itself so it, it fed you a little bit of lore and i don't know what i was expecting one of the it's got to be one of the earliest movie to video game translations or video game to movie translations i don't know if this is before or after the horrible mario brothers but this still didn't learn any lessons and it's just it's terrible you do not need to see 1994 Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme is in it and M. Bison is Raul Julia and if I remember right why cannot not think of it there's another one what's the monster one that shocks you Baraka no not Baraka that's that's uh, that's Mortal Kombat shite I know I know I, I see see it, 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 you can't you can't figure it out because who cares? Either way, it's an atrocious movie. It's just not fun, and that that's all I need to say. It's my don't see it of the week. Let me just say, there are, as of this recording, I don't know when it's coming up. Um, it is October 8th today. The contest for our $15 giveaway will end on October 11th. Uh, I don't know if this episode will be up before then, but... If it's still up and you have time, then you listen to episode 25, follow the directions. Uh, you can find us on social media, me at Maynard98. You can find both of us at Not So Southern G's. That's the account you need to be following for contest, to be a contest winner. There is a pinned tweet. Uh, you need to retweet that quoted with your favorite comic book character hashtag giveaway. We've already got several entries. We've got quite a bit more than I expected. And Rick, where else can they find us? You can find me at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Facebook, Not So Southern Gentlemen. Uh, please like and share any articles you see. Or please uh, give us some comments. Uh, shoot us some uh, tweets back. We want to hear from you. And unless you have anything else, I did also want to mention one particular Halloween memory since it is October. The only contest I have ever won in my life, well, besides a, uh, a toy thing, I called into a radio station who was, I think this time two or three years ago, asking you to identify five 
theme songs, and they were all to horror movies. I believe it was uh, the theme to Nightmare on Elm Street, the theme to Halloween, the theme to, well, like three or, uh, three or four others. And the Friday last the one... Friday the 13th, and the last one that nobody was getting, that it took me like five minutes to call in because the line was busy, was the theme song to the TV miniseries, It. And I won that contest. I got like two free movie tickets and a t-shirt. Oh, that's awesome. But, anyway. Awesome. Nice. Um, but, uh, that also reminds me uh, of a friend of mine who won a radio contest it was you in Jonesboro, because I was driving, uh, turning on the corner of Nettleton and by Hastings or whatever, and heard your goofy voice on the radio telling them the name of Kid Rock, Kid Rock's real name. Oh, I remember that. Uh, what is it? I, I now yeah, it's like Robert James. Richie. Richie James, yeah. That, that's awesome. I totally forgot about that. What did you and win? I think I was driving home. I don't even remember. I, I honestly, uh, I remember winning, but I don't remember what I won. I want to say it was like some Cardinals baseball tickets. Nice. Anyway. I believe that, it was Cardinals baseball we've, tickets. We've had a couple of trips down Nostalgia Lane today. We're happy to share them. So for Not So Southern Gentlemen, I am Ricky. And I'm Sean. Have a good day. This Peace. has been a good one, man. Yes. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.